Welcome back to Downtown Cleveland's podcast, Then There's Cleveland, where we discuss Cleveland's successes, challenges, and future opportunities for growth. As downtown Cleveland continues to navigate through the challenges presented by the pandemic, the small business community has proven its resilience. Supported by nearly 20,000 residents who appreciate downtown's walkability and convenience now more than ever, downtown's entrepreneurs have adapted to serve residents' needs in innovative ways. On this episode, we talked to downtown Cleveland entrepreneur, resident, and advocate Joseph Fredrickson about his experience living and owning businesses in downtown Cleveland during the pandemic, as well as the opportunities that lay ahead. I do love the, you know, the ability just to walk over to Public Square. I mean, I just in checking the mail, I'm already by uh, three or four landmarks automatically, which is so cool to me. Hi, I'm Michael Deemer, Executive Vice President for Business Development at Downtown Cleveland Alliance. Hi, I'm Lauren Apachny. I'm the Marketing Coordinator at Downtown Cleveland Alliance, and I work on projects like this. We're joined today by a very special guest who is well known to the downtown Cleveland community, both the residential community and the business community. We're joined by Joseph Fredrickson, who's been in the hospitality industry for over 18 years. He's currently the owner and operator of both Society Lounge in downtown Cleveland, which opened in 2013, and the Sixth City Sailors Club, say it six times fast, which opened last year. Welcome, Joseph. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And thank you for that uh, wonderful welcome. Well, before we talk about your businesses and your investments in, in downtown Cleveland, you have such an interesting and varied background. What if you could just tell us a little bit uh, about yourself and how you came to make your home in downtown Cleveland? All right. You're looking for the journey, huh? Well, I was in college like most of us. I went to University of Cincinnati. I worked at a restaurant while I was in school. Towards the end, I started bartending and I enjoyed that. Just, you know, it's pretty much the things that I love about it now. I, I kind of learned then, which is giving people things they love, food and alcohol and entertaining them, making sure they're well taken care of and kind of putting my day to day problems aside. And for a short period of time, you know, five to eight hours, depending on the shift, uh, I get to focus on other people, which uh, was really nice. So when I graduated, I graduated around 2010, 2011. I don't know if you remember what the market was like back then, but not the best time for someone with zero experience to, to find a job, especially in accounting. I kind of started following what I already loved, which was a lot of whiskey focus. I worked at a scotch bar down in Cincinnati called uh, Nicholson's Tavern and Pub. So I started doing some private whiskey parties with friends and uh, kind of developed a little bit of a reputation for knowing things about whiskey. And uh, after that, got part of the opening team of one of Cincinnati's I, I, say it's the first cocktail bar, but in the new era of uh, first cocktail bars, I would say that kind of got the whole cocktail fire that time, which was probably, you know, the, the beginning, at least in this area, I would say, um, not maybe in the big cities, but the cocktail boom was beginning. So kind of learning about cocktail theory and history and doing a lot of self-studying at that point uh, was super uh, important to me. And I got really dove deep into that. And then I was looking to get back into uh, accounting. I was actually about to interview for a nonprofit when uh, the group from Society Lounge reached out. And I came up here and saw East 4th Street and really thought, you know, I, I took a few entrepreneurship classes when I was in the business school. I always knew the first you know, cornerstone of entrepreneurship was a C need, fill a need. And at that time, East 4th Street had a lot of really great restaurants, but not that many great options for things that you would go to after you leave 
a nice restaurant. You know, I, I could find a good need for what Society Lounge brought, and we opened that. We had a great team to begin with. I mean, great team throughout, but uh, at the beginning, it was so fun assembling that team and putting it together. And we won some great awards, both for the space and the concepts. And really proud of the work we did. And been there for ooh, almost eight years now. I like to think that I'm a business owner second and a resident first. Like if you look at my hierarchy of the things that uh, I, I put my time into because it's where my passion points are and when I create the list of things that I want to put my time into, getting involved with the neighborhood comes before paying back into my my hospitality community. I, I like that I have a space that could be a home to people. You know, I think that having that that little neighborhood bar is important. And so many things I see downtown are so focused on getting the event crowd, on getting big dollar spends. And when you live downtown, it's not always feasible on just a Tuesday night when I want a burger and a beer, you know. So I'm glad that I could put that into the downtown as a permanent fixture. You're a downtown resident and you are a downtown business owner and you are also the executive director of the downtown Cleveland residents. How has your perspective as a resident impacted your position as an entrepreneur and a business owner? Living downtown, I've always been attracted to city centrals. I lived in Chicago for a little bit, downtown when I was in Cincinnati, downtown now. I think that the sense of community and just all the great features that a downtown area has to offer is always really nice. And when I moved down to Cleveland from Gordon Square, for me, it was really important to not just be involved you know, on a business side, but get to know my neighbors intimately, get to spend time with them and you know, create that sense of community that I love. But more importantly, like I was able to serve back into my community, get to know my neighbors and find other things that we all find find important and of value. The fact that I opened Six City had a lot to do with the fact that I'm down here and I see what we need as downtowners. And I hope that that bar brings it. I hope that that environment and then my philosophies on hospitality, I hope that we're able to, to bring that and give people a place where they can feel at home and feel appreciated and uh, unwind a little bit, which is the most important part. I think of a third space, as I call it. Yeah, you really can't miss it. It's right on Euclid Avenue, right in 668 building, 668 residences. So when you walk past it, you shouldn't walk past it. It's right there. It's in a great prime location. Joseph, you've talked a little bit about Society Lounge and it being on East 4th Street. And we've talked about Six City Sailors Club being uh, at the the residences at 68 Euclid and you living across the street in the Garfield building. What some of our, our listeners may not realize is that those three locations are all within probably less than a five-minute walk of each other. I wonder if you could paint a little bit of a picture for us of how you view the neighborhood that you live and work in. I think from my perspective and Lauren's perspective, you know that, that part of downtown Cleveland is really a microcosm of what we're trying to build across all of our downtown. So I, I'm curious about your description of the neighborhood and what kind of has drawn you to live and work in that particular area? Well, one thing that I, I noticed from living in a, several downtown areas is that the people that live downtown usually have great amount of passion for their local area. I think that that comes naturally. And especially when you, you know, I, I get kind of in that echo chamber of like DCR where people even have more pride enough to get involved. I do love the you know, the ability just to walk over to Public Square. I mean, I just in checking the mail, I'm already by uh, three or four landmarks automatically, which is so cool to me. 
just talking to people in the elevator, talking to people as I, I go from one bar to the other, being able to wave and see the neighbors. And, you know, for a lot of people, this is just a place to come and play who come from the suburbs, which by all means, I, I, I'm happy for that. You know, there's more to, to give, you know, we all want that. And the landmarks and public square, all of that is great to be shared with the greater Cleveland area. But as far as living down here, it's just so nice to be able to to go around and go to the local coffee shop and, and see a friend, to go across to just somewhere to grab lunch and be able to see everyone that uh, you know cares about the neighborhood. I think that that's very fulfilling. You've talked a, a little bit about what led you to open Six City Sailors Club and the need that you identified in downtown for, for that type of neighborhood tavern. But you also made that decision to open in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic when a lot of restaurants and bars were struggling. So I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about what led you to make that decision to, to go ahead with opening Six City Sailors Club at the time that you did. For me, I don't know. I just love the thrill of projects, to be honest. I, I, it wasn't really a question of the danger or, you know, I figured we would get all those things mitigated and we would get all the potential hazards taken care of in the semantics of getting through the contracts. For me, I just love the thrill of putting together teams and putting together projects and pouring passion into something. You know, I think that a lot of my philosophies on, you know, non-toxic work atmospheres and in the restaurant industry, which it is a industry that is plagued with a lot of toxic mentality, both in the way people work, the way people treat each other, the way people look at, you know, substance abuse, trying to, you know, help alleviate that uh, is something that's important to me. So I want to always work towards building more projects and creating more teams and bringing more people under that envelope of, you know, we can do great things here, but also have work-life balance, also, you know, live in a way that we can get better. I always want to talk about ways to make people healthier. So I know that's kind of an offshoot of the thing, but mainly it was just the thrill of the project, having a lot of great people on our team, just within the restaurant and, you know, legal. Um, You know, we have some great people that help out with the real estate side, with the finances side, that just make sure that we're being smart when we do these contracts and sign these leases so that, uh, you know, any risk, we can keep that to a minimum. Joseph, speaking of making connections and community, you know, you talked about how, you know, one of your goals with with Six City Sailor Club was to fill a niche of downtown's need for more neighborhood gathering places. So I'm curious about how your first summer and fall went and what kind of reception you got from the the residential community and, and what kind of feedback you got. Uh, well, summer was a whirlwind. It was a, uh, from the point that we got keys and money in the register, I believe it was 47 days, which is unheard of as far as licensing and, and everything goes and the decorating that we did. And it just came to, you know, calmly working through the, the steps and, you know, breaking the forest down to the trees and, and working and then seeing it kind of come together day by day, which, you know, it's always one thing I, I love when it comes to anything is try to do the impossible, but do it by with baby steps, you know. But once we got going, I think the feedback was great. I, I, I haven't seen yet anyone leave there unhappy. Now, obviously, not everything's perfect. But once again, like training my people and behaving in a way where we treat people like people and, you know, not a no problem is not one that I, I won't empathetically try to solve for you. You know, I think that money is secondary to experience. If someone doesn't leave happy, then I will sacrifice a lot to make sure that they leave happy because it's more that they know that we are there to hopefully 
help them have a good time, leave happy. You know, I don't think that people go out because they want food and alcohol. Everybody should be able to get food and alcohol relatively easily within their own home. I think that people go out because they want to unwind. They want to connect with somebody. I think that for me, when I go out, it's very therapeutic. I, I don't have to worry about the prep. I don't have to worry about the dishes. I can actually connect with somebody who's sitting across the table with me. And that's a philosophy that I teach to to everyone that works for me. You're obviously a very optimistic entrepreneur. What advice would you give uh, like other entrepreneurs that want to open up a business now or in the future? I mean, if you want to open a business now... I would say just be smart as possible, you know, like watch labor. Labor is a tough one right now because, you know, I think everything fluctuates so much right now. Uh, I would say just, you know, pay attention to the details, but really more importantly, pay attention to your purpose. You know, why is it you want to open? Why is it you want to connect with people and really focus on that? I wonder if we could shift gears a little bit. And, and we've been talking a lot about your your role as a, a business owner in, in downtown Cleveland. We've talked a little bit about your role as a resident, but I'd really like to talk a little bit more about that. You've chosen to make downtown Cleveland your home. As we've talked about, you're, you're active with the downtown Cleveland residents. You know, I wonder if you could talk a little bit about, you know, from your perspective, what kind of neighborhood we're building in downtown Cleveland. And, you know, you mentioned the, the niche that you sought to fill with Six City Sailors Club. What other types of niches like that do you think we, we need to fill in downtown Cleveland to, to build that, that neighborhood that we both want to have? I, I know one that's big for me because I've seen it in other areas and I, and I see it as a, as a weakness here. Obviously, I'm sure there's things happening behind the scenes that I'm not necessarily seeing on a day-to-day, but I do see a certain percentage of the people that live downtown. This is kind of like their, their middle ground, right? Like, after college, before the family, they come downtown, they have their fun, and then they move out to the birds and, you know, try to get the the family experience. I would like, you know, more family-oriented things. I think that the, the parks, they offer a great space. You know, I just went, you know, beginning of COVID, we had some friends that did some safe social distance kite flying, and that was great. You know, more services that are, that are make it easier to have young children and make it easier to have a family. Not to compare us to Cincinnati, but like just down there, like the the, the parks and the, the swimming pools. And, and I mean, it's a little bit different because they have over the Rhine just close to it. I think that as someone who's looking towards the future and thinking what I'm going to do once I have a family, that's one concern that I have and one I'd like to see tapped into a little bit more. I don't know how to make that economically feasible, whether that's something that the city has to think a little bit more, you know. I know DCA has had some ideas and been working on some things, but uh, that's that's one niche that I think needs to be filled, in my opinion. I appreciate the the emphasis on the need for for family amenities, and and you're right, it's, it's something that's I, I think a challenge for a lot of downtowns. One that we've been thinking about and working on a lot here. We worked for a number of years on a downtown playground and finally got one opened just as the pandemic hit. That will be there for children to, to play on once the uh, the pandemic is over. And, you know, we're excited about Canal Basin Park, which will be, you know, 25 acres of green space right on the Cuyahoga River. So, you know, we, there are some things I think that are, are in the pipeline to be responsive. But you're, you're right, that that's something that downtowns like ours need to, to focus on. We've done a great job, I think, of attracting young professionals, a great job of attracting uh, empty nesters. Uh, and, you know, we, we need to continue to make 
downtown Cleveland a more friendly place to, to raise a family. Yeah, and I, I see that too. I, I know that in conversations I've had with people from, from your side, uh, these things are kind of coming, which is, it just means we're all kind of seeing the same thing. And it's, it's good to hear that we're all working towards it because the last thing I want to see is all these great people who are involved and building that connection that they just kind of run off and, and lose that steam because I think it's so, I mean, the architecture, the restaurants, the culture, part of that, the people, you know, we don't, we don't want to lose the people that build that culture just because they want to make a family. Hopefully they can make one here. How does downtown Cleveland residents support the residents? And from your perspective, how are the residents feeling during this time? I think everybody kind of knows that it's a tough time. I think that when we have our little Zoom meetings, everybody's very happy to see each other. And the people that I see are generally in pretty pretty good moods. You know, I think the ones that probably aren't aren't in those Zooms. So it might be, once again, an echo chamber. But it's a tough time, I think, for everyone. But I think we're all in the same boat. I think that we're starting to see the, the light at the end of the tunnel. Some of us have to get back into that workout that we did early on in this COVID thing. But uh, I think that DCR, one thing that it does well is it, uh, and especially under uh, Alan O'Connell's vision and his hard work, it works well in, in doing things that help bring the Clevelanders a voice. Often the voice goes, just like you see in national politics, to those that have the big budgets and the big voices. So being able to come together and have a voice, whether it's not always heard, but at least at the table, I think is important. I know that, you know, just concerned downtowners, I know like a couple of different crosswalks that weren't safe. I know we have one member who's very involved, actually on one of my teams helping out with the digital marketing. She is in a wheelchair. So having ramps in certain areas, especially when construction is happening, it's hard for them. It's not always the, the first thought is providing ramps for, for people. And having someone that knows who to reach out to quickly in order to make sure that those things are provided I think change is often slow. I think that it's not always something that can just, you know, for it to be effective, it needs to be something that time and thought and, and people have to agree in and, and it has to, be, has to be something done with the right amount of um, things to back it up to make sure that it's effective long term. And I, I believe that right now where we are with DCR, we've got people who are involved, who are, who are interested in, and in communication with the people from the various branches, both on the, you know, police force and city hall that can make these things happen. You know, I think that overall, a lot of these people that that work in these public positions, they want to see things get better too, you know, and more often than not, they're happy to hear from us as a community. I don't think we're ever trying to just raise hell to raise hell. I don't <laughs> see too much of that. Usually it's, it's just the voices of the people that actually care. And, and I, I think that's always a good thing. Yeah. It's good to rock the boat a few times just to get people thinking. Like you said, it needs feedback for it to change in the right amount of feedback, whether that be slow, it does, you know, change things. So one thing I've learned from being involved in leadership positions, you know, not every leader is a psychic. They can't just make change to fit your wants without you bringing that forward to them, right? Like we try to do as much as we can and if something's off our radar, we just might not think of it simply as that. So having a, an organization that allows the many um, that may not know a way to to have their voice heard, a way for them to kind of come together and, and speak up and mention, I mean, little things like our garbage trucks coming too early and waking us up, you know, we have people that um, call in about those things. And then big things like, you know, people getting hurt because a crosswalk isn't uh, well lit or a stop sign isn't well lit. You know, those things are important to the people that try to get by on the day to day. Joseph, one of the things, you know, we're, we're hoping to, to do with this podcast is, you know, reach 
folks who are, are far beyond the borders of Northeast Ohio and give them a, a picture of what downtown Cleveland has to offer in terms of building a lifestyle, uh, starting a, a business, and you're doing both. And, you know, I, I wonder what you would say to somebody who's listening, who may be in another state, maybe knows a little bit about Cleveland, maybe doesn't know anything at all about Cleveland, but is thinking about a place to really plant their flag and build a life and build a business. What would you say to them about about downtown Cleveland? First things first, the cold isn't as bad as you think. (laughs) But I think that any city, it's what you make of it. You know, I think that, you know, people can live in New York and still find boredom. I think that really what it matters is, you know, are you are you planting your flag? Are you getting out there? Are you getting involved? I think that Cleveland has a lot of opportunity. I think especially now as spaces become more available, if you're looking to open a business, there's going to be a lot of people in the commercial real estate that are looking to work with people. I think that if, if you are someone who wants to open a business, that's there. And if you're just someone that wants to you know, be on the lifestyle side, I, I encourage you to come check us out. I think that, I mean, my morning jog, I get to be take a break uh, at the, I think, 0.6 mile mark and do a meditation round on the lake, which is basically an ocean. It just happens to be freshwater. Right on the lake side, I think that People forget about that that north coast, but it's right here. We're basically on the water. And then we have these amazing restaurants. We have a beautiful grocery store right downtown. Everything that I need is right around me. And I know when you meet the right people and, and you know, you kind of jump in and get to know each other, there's some great friendships that will last a lifetime. And I think that's the most important thing. I think that the things we do and, you know, what we do for work is is all sounds surrounding the main thing, which is human connection. There's a lot of that to go around here. I think that Cleveland people are both incredibly kind, but also honest. So grab a jacket and come on down. (laughs) I was going to say, you know, move to Cleveland and then get involved, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what you're saying. So, and it does help, you know, making those friends. It's hard when you move somewhere new or you uh, go somewhere new. It's hard, but... I think that, you know, you being a great resource, a welcoming resource, and you're a very passionate downtowner, we can't thank you enough for being here. So thanks for talking to us and giving us your advice and your expertise and your hopes for downtown. Thank you. I appreciate it. And anytime you need anything, feel free to reach out. I'm always here. Thank you, Joseph. We really appreciate your advocacy for downtown and your investments in downtown Cleveland. Thanks for being a great ambassador. Thank you, you guys, for all that you do. The Downtown Cleveland Alliance is a nonprofit organization that has been serving downtown Cleveland for the past 12 years, working to establish downtown as the most dynamic place to live, work, and play. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram to stay current on what's happening downtown. For information on how to start, work, and grow in downtown Cleveland, just visit downtowncleveland.com. Then There's Cleveland is a production of Evergreen Podcasts. Special thanks to producer Sarah Wilgroup, audio engineer Eric Coltnow, and accounts manager Connor Standish. Hi, I'm Emma. And I'm Joe. And, and we're, we're the, the Professional, professional Book, Book Nerds. Nerds. Two Mondays a month, we interview authors and talk about their upcoming books, what drives them, and their go-to order at the cafe. 
On Thursdays, we share recommendations and dive into topics readers face, like how do I actually read the books on my to-be-read list? You can find the Professional Book Nerds podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Want to learn more about us? Our website is professionalbooknerds.com, and you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at ProBookNerds. We hope you'll come and listen, and as always, happy happy reading. reading!